of worship. He said, just on the other side of that, that's where I'll be. You can't, we can't meet with the Lord before worship. It's on the other side of that. How many would like the Lord just in the next few minutes to meet with us? I think you know what to do. Let's worship Him. Come on, would you lift your hands, your hearts to Jesus? He said, I'm going to meet with you right there. Why don't you just offer in a sense, as they did in Exodus, why don't you offer that worship of saying, Lord, I love you. You're my God. You're my King. I love you so much. We worship you together, Lord. You're worthy to be praised. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Would you shout some I love you to him? God, I've come before you today to worship you. I need to have a meeting with you, God. I need to have a meeting with you, and I'm worshiping you, Lord. I want to get into your presence. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Everybody say, in Jesus' name. How many would say, I feel the presence of the Lord in this place? Thank you, Ensemble, for leading us into this place of worship. Amen. It's great to see all of you here in the house of the Lord. Sunday after Thanksgiving. Amen. You all look well. Uh, Thursday, I know Thursday, it was for all of us, it was gobble, gobble, but today it's more like wobble, wobble. Amen. We're full. Uh, but I do know that we have so much to be thankful for, and Thanksgiving is not over for us. How I many is still thankful? Thankful for what the Lord has done for you, in you, through you. He's still a great God. Still thankful. So, Friday was Black Friday. Um, tomorrow's going to be Cyber Monday. I thought maybe why not have Super Saving Sunday? <laughs> Super Saving Sunday, yeah. And all right if you get the best deal of the year today? Come on, that's good, yes. The beautiful thing is it's 100% off. <laughs> the Lord. Turn your thoughts to two passages of scripture. I, I do have quite a bit of scripture to allude to today. Is it all right if we use the Bible to minister today? <laughs> I'm having a little, little fun here with you today, but I, I want to, I don't know exactly how it's going to be presented today. I rarely know. Um, I do practice and I do try to study and I try to be prepared, but I have a lot of scripture. It's imperative that we have, uh, we, we build this church on this. Right. We can't Amen. build this church on this. Amen. We can't build this church on this. It's got to be built on this. Yes. yes. Can't be built on personalities. And we love music. And we love singing. And as far as I'm concerned, we got some of the best. Mm. Thank you for letting us know that, Brother Vaughn. But we can't build it on anything but the Word of God. Amen. And so I hope it doesn't bore you to use scripture today. I hope I could have your undivided attention and also your help. I'm just going to help me preach. James 1.17 says every, every good gift. Everybody say every good gift. Every good and every gift. perfect gift is from above. <laughs> uh -huh. Everybody know this? And cometh down from the Father of lights. I believe Bishop even ministered to this uh, here last Sunday with this. And whom, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Right. So every good gift, perfect gift, it comes from who? The Lord. The Lord. Luke 11 and 13. If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, 
How many has children in this place? I mean, you raise your hand if you got children. He said, if, well, I didn't ask you if you were evil, just if you had children. But he said, those of you who have children, and he did say evil, maybe blotted with sin, shaped in iniquity as we all were, Scripture right. says. But he said, he said, you having children, he said, you know how to give goods. How much more shall your heavenly Father, which we know to be pure, holy, wonderful, counselor, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask only one request away from getting the greatest gift you have ever had in all of your life the Holy Ghost the Holy Spirit so I want to preach a little bit maybe do some teaching revealing and I hope if you've if you've before you're seated and before I reveal it Brother Spratton was telling me he said if sometimes we can kind of get caught up in the routine of we've heard it before right or we've heard it preached and we're kind of like oh I've already heard this and we kind of sit back if you think that our little routine of maybe having church on Sunday and Wednesday if you think that gets monotonous and you hear some of the same preaching we were talking about in the hallway he was saying to me he said imagine living when they were in the Bible where they go every day daily to the temple and make sacrifice you had to go get an animal and you had to go cut that animal up and give homage and give sacrifice and they had to do all of this every right. single day Imagine how routine that is. Uh -huh. Let me tell you something. There's power in doing the same thing. Well, come on. That's called faithfulness. That's right. Ooh, that's good. So I want you to just be aware. Don't get into the slump of this is routine. We've heard about this before. Uh -uh. Amen. Let's get into the scripture and let's get excited. And let's talk today about the good gift. Yes. Are you thankful for the Holy Ghost? Are you thankful for the Spirit of the Lord? Well, if you got it, you ought to just act like it a little bit. It's joy unspeakable, and it's full of glory. It'll put a smile on your face when the world's trying to put a frown on your face. Hallelujah. Look at somebody around you. Smile if you got something that the world didn't give you, and the world can't take it away. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Praise God. Everybody shout the good gift. Amen. Give somebody a high five and say, I'm thankful for the Holy Ghost. You can be seated in the fear of the Lord. <clears throat> We're working into this holiday thing. And let, let me remind you, first and foremost, that he still is the reason for the season. Oh, yes, he is. And the song beautifully just kind of introduced this message today by saying sometimes we make it something it's a lot not of. Uh, and the song even had repentance. Lord, forgive me for the things that I have made it to be that it's not. And sometimes we do that. Our culture, our society, our uh, modern day traditions. Uh, and of course, you understand I'm not preaching against any of that. And I want to prove that in, in just a few moments if it is the Lord's will that even getting around with family and friends and exchanging gifts and get, that is, that is certainly okay biblically. and uh, So there's nothing wrong with that. But if we're not careful, we can make it something it's not. Come on, come on. Amen. Uh, so first and foremost, I, I just I love talking about, this is not my Christmas Day sermon. I, I'm working on one, but I, I, we're just kind of working toward it, getting into it. And um, 
we need to understand that, that there are good gifts and there's nothing like, we know this, nothing like getting a good gift. And I love how scripture said that it used parents as, he said, you as parents, he said, you know how to give your children good gifts. Because parents observe their children. They watch their children. They listen to their children. They pick up on the things that they want, like Legos and, and Nerf guns and, and maybe a four-wheeler or something. And you pick up on or a gun or you pick up on these things and you kind of put it down in your mind and you start looking. And, and then, there, I mean, you, you want to see the big surprise. You want to see the big reveal and... And so uh, you kind of downplay it like, yeah, we got you a little bit something this year. And if you're fortunate enough and blessed enough to get them a few things that would brighten them up, uh, then, then when you see it and they rip into it and they open it, they go, well, that's exactly what I've been wanting. It does something to you as a parent. Come on, let's be honest. Sad to say my little girl a few years ago, about three years ago, we was all sitting around. It might have been Cade, it might have been Cade that a few years ago, we was all sitting around with her mom and dad in their house, and all the family was around, and he opened up in a gift, and it was just a little old animal or something, and he goes, I don't like this. Sometimes there is that rare occasion you get the gift you don't like. And so, you know, there are a few times in life that you get those bad gifts, and I just kind of peruse the Internet, very dangerous thing to do, but I tried to find some gifts that were just considered bad gifts. And sometimes you get a bad gift from somebody that don't really know you. And that's the problem. And that's why the Lord said, you parents, you know your children. And that's why I use this parents. He said, your heavenly father knows you. Oh, don't let me get too far in it. Let me just show you a few bad gifts. Now, this was one I saw. It's called Wake and Bake the Dream Griddle. You can wake up and it's next to you, already ready, eggs and pancakes, and it's got a snooze on it. It comes with a mask. Wake up on the tasty side of the bed. I would burn myself hitting that snooze seven times. Here's another one. Knitting with dog hair. Better a sweater from a dog you know and love than from a sheep you'll never meet. That's a book. It teaches you how to do it. What a terrible gift. Here's another gift. How'd you like to see somebody walking around like that? Here, bought you some shoes today. Here's another one. Clean stride. Personal debris removal systems. You attach a broom to your toes. A whole new meaning of dragging your feet. And then I found this one, thumb wars. You need, who needs an arena for thumb wars? Oh, man, you went out of bounds. And then, of course, I think this is the last one. A whole other meaning to a snuggle. Snuggle pillow. And uh, if you need comforting and you feel alone, I suggest that you get in this pillow. This would do wonders for you. I think this is the last one. Extreme chores. If I, if I find any of you parents buying this one for your kids, just send them to my house and save your $30 or $40. This is a game that it, it teaches you chores. And you get to play a game. I love what the dad's saying over here. He's saying, the wind is, is, is picking up. Hurry up. And he's raking leaves on a video game. Oh, my Lord. Them folks didn't know my dad. Oh, this, this game comes with, um, it comes with the digging, dishes, raking, and a litter box. 
These are all tools you can use. What a terrible gift. I got real stuff that I'd give my kids if that was the case. Amen. Here's you a real shovel. Here's you a real little box. Here's you some real dishes. Get with it, boy. Have fun and Merry Christmas. There are times that we all get bad gifts. I've received them. You've received them. And you do your best to just kind of smile. Thank you so much. Did you, did you happen to have the receipt? And you know, you know if you gave a gift and you left the receipt in the gift and you go, look, the receipt's in there just in case you don't want it, you can take it back. You know it's possible it might not be a good gift. Just to, now that one's not going to charge you anything. And, and so, but you get bad gifts occasionally, but there's nothing that substitute, substitutes a good gift. When you get that good gift, you remember it, you cherish it. It, it makes such a lifelong impression on you. And there's just nothing like a good gift. And, and so I found that in tradition, Jewish tradition, out of the book of Esther, I found where it's, it's amazing. And I hope that I can help you in this area. Esther 9 opens up. And a little bit of building here for you to see. But Esther 9 and 1, then I'll take you to verse 22. It says that now in the 12th month, which is we're about, to, we're about to hear experience that. In Esther 9 and 1, it says now in the 12th month, that is the month of Adar. And it goes on to talk about on the 13th day of the same when the king's command and his decree drew near to be put in execution in the day that the enemies of the Jews hoped to have power over them. Now, you got to see this. Thank you for putting that up. Appreciate that. He says, he says uh, watch this. He said, when the king's commandment and his decree drew near to, put, to be put in execution in the day that the enemies of the Jews, everybody say hoped, hoped to have power over them, but in parentheses, it says, now the parentheses, here's the real story. Though it was turned to the contrary. That the Jews had rule over them that hated them. Oh, I like that. I could preach a whole message on the, how God can turn things around. Where they hoped, your enemy hoped, hoped to have power over you. But in contrary, it came about that you had power over them. That's right, that's right. Well, that's good just right there. Now, I'm not going to go into all of this because it would be really out of bounds. Uh, I'd come right out of the Thumb Wars arena. So, uh, I really want to stay here close because this is what happened. It was the 12th month. Sounds familiar for us in our traditions. And it goes on and says they had power over them. If you read all the way down through verse 22, I mean, there's favor with the king. Mordecai grows more favorish and of the king. and mean, I mean, they're, they're killing their enemies left and right. And it comes all the way down to verse 22, which I want to read for you if they have it. It says, as the days were in the Jews, rested from their enemies, and the month which was turned into unto them from sorrow to joy. In that month, they, were, they, they, they turned from sorrow to joy and from mourning into a good day. You know, in one day, God can turn mourning into joy and he can turn a bad day into a good day within the same day. Oh, yes, he can. Watch this. That they should make them days of feasting. I'm just trying to tell you Christmas is okay the way you celebrate. He said that the days of feasting and joy and of sending portions one to another and gifts to the poor. 
they said, we're going to keep this tradition. If you read on and on, we're going to keep this tradition throughout all of our time. Uh, as long as, 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 as the Jewish nation exists, we're going to keep this tradition of getting together to remember where the, our enemies thought they had power over us, yet God gave us power over them. We're going to find in the 12th month, we're going to keep this tradition that we're going to exchange portions, we're going to give portions, and we're going to give to the poor, and we're going to eat, and we're going to feast. And so let me just tell you today, John 16 and 33, the Bible says, These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulations. Let me tell you, a child of, of, of the king something. The world is your enemy. It's, it, and, and Satan is your enemy. But the Bible says, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. It doesn't matter what comes against you saying to God. We know that God has overcame the world. Oh, hallelujah, somebody. And he says in 1 John 4 and 4, let me hurry. He says, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Aren't you thankful for him to be inside of you? The world doesn't have to conquer you if you'll get the one that's already conquered the world inside of you. That's the whole key to this entire thing. The world doesn't have to control you. Drugs don't have to control you. Alcohol doesn't have to control you. The world doesn't have, all the things of the world doesn't have to dominate you if you get the one that's conquered the world inside of you. How many has been there and done that and thanks God for him living inside of you? Somebody say amen. amen. I want to be careful. I know children are in the audience and I certainly don't want to be a spoiler. But I do want to, as a pastor, minister to you today and maybe even caution you. We must teach as, as parents... We must teach our children, our Sunday school children, we must teach them about who the real gift bearer is. Yes, 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 yes. I, I don't, not trying to spoil if you're still into that. I guess you could call maybe other thing. <laughs> not trying to be a spoiler. I'm not trying to be dogmatic. But sometimes we can miss it. And if we're not careful... We're not careful. I'm not preaching against anything. I'm not, not legislating anything. I'm not saying there's things off limits. If you get the Holy Ghost, you'll find out what you need to do and what you don't need to do. But what I'm trying to tell you is we must be careful not to bring idolatry into our homes. That all right, somebody? We, we've got to let the Lord talk to us and, and we've got to let, let the Lord say what's good and what's appropriate to come in and, and what we, we can't be worshiping something that, that's not the real thing. Come on. Come on. That's good. Oh, somebody say amen. amen. Because I think I've got a little news, news for somebody today and I didn't come to grind any axes but I did come to give glory to my holy God today. Uh, let me just remind, it's not the gifts under the tree that has made me what I am. It's the gift that hung on the tree that made me what I am. 
Come on, somebody. It's because he died on the cross. He put himself on that tree. That's why I am what I am. If I don't get a, if I don't get a gift under the tree this year, I can still rejoice. I can still shout. I can still thank God. I don't have to tuck my head down. Like Bishop said, I can look up. I, I want to be kind of candid. I want to hit it right, right in the nose if I can. Just a few moments. We sometimes treat Jesus like the fictional Santa Claus. Huh? If your kid's old enough to know what the word fictional means, it's old enough to know what the truth is. We treat Jesus like the fictional Santa Claus. Come down my chimney. Leave what I want. Leave what I put on the list, by the way. Here's an offering of cookies and milk. A little something for you. And be gone by in the morning. I don't need to know you. And I don't need to see you. And I don't need to meet you. As long as I get what I want. Just come down for a little while. And in the middle of my night just leave me some good things. Leave me some things I've been desiring. But I don't really care to have to see you. And you know what? Maybe we can just turn this whole thing around and all the Christmas stories and all the fictional stories that's out there, it's always the little bitty girl that comes down the stairs in her stockings and she sees him. And he's like winking with the big nose. He's chewing on the cookie and he lets her see the bag and he goes up the chimney and it's the little kids that see him. Maybe that's why the Lord says unless we come to him as little children. We've got to have a desire that says, God, I want to see you. I want to have a relationship with you. I, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I, I don't want to get old and cantankerous and some kind of mature Christian that I don't need to have a relationship with him. God, I want to see where my gift comes from. I want to know you. I want more than just a visitation. I want a habitation. I want you on the inside of me. It's okay to have the traditional gift giving. You saw they did this in scripture. It's okay to have the feasting, to give it to the poor and give to the needy. I'd even challenge you as couples and families and individuals. Find, let the Lord lay somebody or something on your heart where you can do a little something and nobody even knows what you're doing. Make it part of what it is of giving this, giving and saying, Lord, this one, I'm giving this to this, this, this situation, this circumstance, this individual, this couple, this family. I'm going to bring this, cook that, do this. I don't want nobody to know. If they know, fine. It doesn't change the fact that the deed was done and you did it for the glory of the Lord. You can do it in secret, whatever. But we can't forget what the season is for. We can't forget it's not all about take, give, get, take, take, take. It's about give, give, give. We wouldn't have what we have today unless we had a God that gave. I try to teach my children. I'm sure you have too and as adults. Not all about how many, how many more. We get into this concept where we rip into the gifts. We rip them open. Oh, look at that. That's cool. Throw it to the side. Where's the next one? And sometimes I feel like we do that even as church people with God and what he's done in our lives. He's filled us with the Holy Ghost and that's just an old gift. That's something that I had way back in the 90s. And what else can you preach to me preaching? I'm looking for something fresh. 
I'm looking for something new. I'm looking for something kind of cool. I'm looking for something that would get my attention. Let me tell you something. There is nothing new. There's nothing else to preach. There's nowhere else to go. This is the same, and he's the God that's the same yesterday, today, and forever. There's nowhere else to go from here. It's still, you need to be filled with his spirit. There's nothing else after that. Nothing else. God desires. Everybody say he desires. To fill us with his spirit. So, my brother texted me a while back. He, he found on YouTube. Now, since it's been changed. So, evidently, there's a reporting system. And I even had a very personal experience with this where I did the same thing and it's been changed. Um, I believe it was last year. Maybe it was the year before. My sister-in-law bought my wife and I what is called Alexa. And uh, it's Amazon where you can plug it in. You, you, you get an account. You can just... Matter of fact, my kids, you customize it in such a way my kids can say, call mom or call Candy. And it, it'll call her right from this little speaker in my house that's connected to my internet. You can ask it, what's the weather today? Just walking by. What's the weather today, Alexa? Alexa, what's the weather today? She'll come on. The lights will pop on. It'll pop on saying, the weather today is 58 degrees. And it talks about how much rain. and It'll tell you the whole thing. You can ask it, what's the news? You can ask it, what, what, what was the score between Mrs. No, we probably won't ask that. But you can, ask, you can ask anything. And this thing knows it all. You, you can ask it. It's amazing. It blows my mind. You, and it'll pull up Wikipedia. So my brother saw YouTube, and, and they fixed this since then. But my brother saw, he saw YouTube where it... They, they ask, who is Jesus Christ? And there was some kind of, they had a program where it, they said, Jesus Christ was a fictional character, yada, yada, yada. Now, my brother had a good analysis with this. Of course, we tried it, and it, they just said, I don't know the answer to that. Or it went through, Jesus Christ was the leader of the Jews, or something like that. Went through it, just a standard, standard, uh, <laughs> she didn't know it all, I promise you. Uh, I told, matter of fact, we were testing. I said, who is Jesus, Alexa, who is Jesus Christ? And she went in just a standard couple lines. I said, man, you, you need to know a lot more than what you just told me. Uh, so they fixed it since then. But then I, I, I did get a little curious. This was even before he texted me. Because I saw YouTube where it says, uh, it said the original Alexa and I think the Echo. You could ask it, Alexa. Um, who is the CIA? She'll tell you who the CIA is. Then you ask, Alexa, are you part of the CIA? And she would, the light would turn off and she would shut down. I got one, folks. So, uh, I don't know if it's a good gift or not. Um, well, so I wanted to try that. Well, I did. I tried it. Are you part of the CIA? And it says, no, I work for Amazon. So they fixed that. thought that was good. So I said, you know what, I'm going to try this one. Alexa, how do I get to heaven? And she, the light turned on, shut down. I asked it five times. Alexa, how do I get to heaven? She cut on, shut down. Five times. Now, evidently, my little, my little Alexa, Amazon Alexa uh, 
I mean, it's connected to the big, the big picture down there somewhere where L.A., wherever it's at. Because my brother comes on and said, let me show you something. And I tried it. And she said, I don't know how to answer that right now. So they fixed that one. All because I've been asking how to get to heaven. Now, I do know how. I wasn't confused. I didn't want you. To, I know how. I didn't want you to think I didn't know how, but I want to know, did it, did it know how? And you know what? The Lord spoke to me, and he said, that's exactly the world. It knows every answer about everything, but the most important answer that needs to be answered, it doesn't have a clue. When you ask it, it shuts down. I don't know. I just, uh, uh, well. And I thought, I wonder why even it goes, after now, if you go ask it, she says, I don't know the answer to that right now. And I go, well, now that makes a lot of sense because the reason she doesn't have an answer because there's so many answers all over the place. You ask this group this, they'll say, oh, you go to heaven this way. And you go to heaven this way. So she can't answer all this, so she just, I don't know. And that's about the common answer you get with everybody these days. Oh, I'm not sure. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I just know I know him. You know him? What's that mean? And so the, my point is today, the world has got all the, they've got all the scores. They've got all the, of the Wikipedia answers. They can tell you all the history. You can ask it the weather, what's going on, what's the news. You can ask it everything. Make this call, make that call. They're connected to everywhere. But when you ask it the most important thing in all of the world that can ever be answered, it shuts down. Let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, we cannot shut down as people of God. We are the mouthpiece of God. When somebody says, how do I get to heaven? You say, let me tell you. John 3 and 5. Matter of fact, can I be just Alexa for the next few minutes? If I was Alexa, this would have been my answer. Jesus answered, verily, verily, I say unto thee. Can you imagine, Alexa, how do you get to heaven? She should say this. John 3 and 5 says, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of the water and the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. I'd go, you got it, baby. You it, that's it. Woo! I'd have a little church up in my house if Alexa would have answered that. Woo! I mean, it, you know what the beautiful thing is? She could preach next Sunday. I could take a day off. We could sit in and y'all can just ask her questions and shoot. Boom, 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 boom. We better not do that. Y'all be asking about the weather and what the game is and all that, so we got to keep it right. I found something very curious, very curious. Now, this is a little off the beaten path, so don't let me take you too far off. I found something kind of curious. Um, in the opening book, Brother Spratton, you much of a scholar in my mind, but I'm sure he's discovered this, but Luke, in the opening chapters of Luke, we find, matter of fact, I want, I want to take you there. It opens up, verse, verse 1, it opens up and says, now this is Luke writing, but watch, watch this. It says, for as much as me... Many have taken in hand to set forth in order decoration of those things which are most surely believed among us. I'm kind of getting somewhere. This is kind of just trying to get you there. Even as they delivered them to us, uh, which from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word. Now, this is where I want to start your thoughts. Watch. This is, all right, now tune in. It seemed good to me also, this is Luke writing, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first to write unto thee in order, most excellent Theophilus, that thou mightest know 
the certainty, the certainty of those things wherein thou has been, you've been already told. You've already been instructed. Someone's already said something to you about it. But I want you to know, oh Theophilus, as I, this is what amazes me. We have the book of Luke. Because Luke felt inspired, maybe burdened, to say, I know Theophilus. Maybe there's, there's, we could go into theory who was Theophilus, and it would all be speculation. We don't really know. But whoever it was, there was of some kind of very dignitary because he called him excellent, a great, excellent Theophilus. And, and he says he felt burdened or he felt compelled for whatever reason to write this book. Maybe it was more, maybe it was a letter, more of a letter, an addressment. He wrote it to, to Theophilus. And we have, when we read the story and we do our spirit, we do our traditional with our family, with my in-laws, we sit down and Brother Cannon, every year he reads Luke chapter 2. A tradition because we don't want to forget. This is what it's all about. We have Luke chapter 2 because he's trying to instruct somebody that had already heard about it but Luke said I've been there I was there all along he said I have perfect understanding and you heard it from here and there but I want you to hear it from somebody that knows exactly what they're talking about and he said so I want you to be of certainty that what I'm about to tell you is the truth and, and what's amazing to me he goes on and he tells the entire story we have all of Luke addressed to Theophilus and then we find the opening book of Acts, which who wrote Acts? It's attributed to Luke. The former treatise have I made, oh, Luke, many scholars believe that Luke wrote one book and there was an included Acts. And they just separated to do two books because of its content and maybe even because of how it was worded. It's as if this was the second account of Luke's writings. Maybe a second volume, if you will. And he says, O Theophilus. Again, he's addressing O Theophilus of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. And he went on and we have the book of Acts because he's reaching Theophilus and he's trying to tell him, this is how it is, Theophilus. You've been told this before, but you need to hear it from somebody that walked with him, that talked with him, that experienced it firsthand. He said, I got perfect understanding and you need confirmation that what you've heard is truth. And so, as we now see it, and as we now know it, he goes on and he writes. He goes on and he writes the former, until the day, he, he said, until the day in which he was taken up, after he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles. Go back to that. Thank you so very much. Through the Holy Ghost. Now, follow with me. And to the apostles who he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion, but by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should depart from Jerusalem, but wait from the promise of the Father, which saith he had heard of which ye have heard of me. Heard that before. For for true for John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Theophilus, you just need to know what the truth is. You need to be a certain. And verse 8 says, But ye shall receive power. 
after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the othermost part of the earth. And then he goes on and he talks more and more of just about how everything truly was. He was in convincing mode to Theophilus. You need to understand this for... You, you, you've been told a whole bunch of other garbage. You've been told a whole bunch of other ways. But he said, he said they've gotten to you and they've told you what the true way is. Now you need another confirmation. And that's why I'm writing to you, Theophilus. That's why you need to hear this. Let me just stop right now and tell somebody that your witness is not wasted. We don't know what Theophilus did. We don't know what he'd ever done with this. But we know what we're doing with this. Your witness is not wasted. If you go and you're in the elevator and you tell them, hey, you ever had the Holy Ghost? What's that? Hey, Acts 2.38. And you walk away and you feel like you've dropped the ball and they spit on you. It doesn't matter. It's not wasted. Somewhere, he said his word will not return void, but it accomplished that which it has sent. If it, don't, if it doesn't hit Theophilus, I'll keep it. I'll preserve it. It's going to fall in a little church in Grenada, Mississippi somewhere. I'll put it in the hand of somebody that'll hear and make certain they got the truth. Mm. And he goes on the right, tells it all. We preach from these verses. This is sound Doctrine for us. This is what it takes. He goes on, he says, Acts chapter 2. And when Theophilus, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house where they were sitting. And it, it appeared unto them, clothed in tongues of the fire, and set upon each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues of the Spirit. And utterance, soul. You need to know the truth, Theophilus. You need to be certain. You need to be certain. Now, when they heard this, and he went on. When they heard this, verse 37, they were pricked in their hearts and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, the mission of your sins you shall receive. They, the gift. The gift of the Holy Ghost. Hmm. You need to know that, Theophilus. For the promise is unto you, to your children, and to all that is afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall. And when many, and with many other words, he testified and exhorted, saying, Save yourself from this underworld generation. Save, save. Alexa, how do I get to heaven? Save yourself from this untoward generation. How? There it is. With the promise unto you, your children, all the part, even the Lord of God should come. Then they that gladly received his word, gladly received. There's somebody that didn't gladly receive it. But then there's others that did. Were baptized, and the same day there were added to them about 3,000 souls. Again, he addressed Theophilus. He was reaching for a man, making him certain the things he was instructed in. My, my. Let me tell you something. God, God, he doesn't waste his word. He doesn't, when you're witnessing, let me tell you, don't, don't stop witnessing. Don't try to get hung up on the results. Just keep sharing the word. Keep sharing the word. Keep sharing the word. This is what it takes. When the world doesn't have the answer, you have the answer. You have the answer. How else? Let's 
share a few more scriptures. Romans 8, Romans 8 and 11. But if the, but if the Spirit, capital, proper noun, that is somebody, that ain't something. But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus, uh-huh, from the dead, where He going to be at? Where He at? If He's dwelling in you. Now here's the question. He, didn't, he said, if. He said, if the Spirit. That means, ain't everybody going to have it. Because he says, if, the qualification, if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead, if he's inside of you, and he ain't just inside of you, that's where he lives. He ain't just coming down the chimney every now and then throwing you something and then, and then leaving. But if he's living there, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth inside of you. Oh, I think we need to give God praise. Alexa, how do, how do I be saved? Evidently, you've got to have the water, which is baptism. And you've got to have the spirit. If you don't have that spirit, there isn't no quickening. There is no resurrection for you. In a sense. So let me just say this. This is where we're facing. This is why Alexa is so confused. And why she couldn't answer it because there's so many different ways according to our society. So the question remains, you mean I can't just believe on him and I'm good? If I just say I know he's Jesus and I know he died on the cross. If I just know and say I acknowledge that that's an historical event. That doesn't save me. That's a start. And you sure got to have that. But if saving or if just believing only, if that was it, then I'm confused by this next verse of Scripture, James 2 and 19. It says, Thou believest there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. So I'd have to then question a whole other theology of, will Satan be saved? Because he believes. Believing only does not, does not build a relationship. Because we know Satan. We know Satan believes on him. But no longer has that relationship with him. And he already we know he is already has, uh, has faced to damnation in the pit of hell. The Bible says. That's already him. So believing doesn't save him. So I guess I'm coming down to this, and I hope this day today. I hope that this. I know this is stuff that some of you know. Some of you need to be reminded about. Some of you never heard. We shouldn't be asking whether the Holy Ghost is essential to go to heaven. That is something that's in our society saying, "Oh, I don't believe you have to have it. It's just something that's good if you get it." Asking that a, that's a, asking that kind of question. It's like asking whether or not you need to put gas in your car. It's not required. But you ain't going nowhere. You can have your car and leave it right there. And it's pretty. You can live this life any way you want to. But at the end of it, 
You ain't going nowhere. It doesn't matter whether your own brand is you, you, you got a you went to the car lot and bought one of them brand new Cadillac Escapades. If you went if you went and bought one of them brand new Cadillacs, or if you got a 1988 Buick. You still have to pull up to the pump like everybody else does. It don't matter how fancy, how expensive it is, how eye-catching it is. You, that, that dude in that Cadillac still pulls up in that gas pump and there's that old 1984 Ford truck smoking and barely, and he's filling up right along. He may have shoes untied and he's looking at the dude with the Cadillac and he's... He's filling his little old red and white truck up, and this dude got this black piano black escapade, you know, and he got this nice looking thing. It don't matter, he's looking right at him. Yeah. It don't care what you got, how much you spent, we both got to pull up to the pump. Exactly Let me right. tell you something, I don't care in this place if you're the richest person in Grenada, Mississippi, and you got all the latest fads and the brands, it doesn't matter. Or if you are just if you're more broke and you gotta go to McDonald's to put a small fry on layaway, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you are. You still got to come to the same altar and repent of your sins and ask God to forgive you and say, God, I need you. You still got to get into the water and say, God, I need you. Baptize me for the remission of my sins. You still got to have his spirit if you want to go somewhere. God has purchased you already. But now he wants to fill you with power. He wants to fill you with what's going to get you there. Called the Holy Ghost. I, I just got to land here. I can't, I can't just ignore this. I know right now it feels good. We need to, I could, we could call for an altar and someone said, God, feel me. They'd come down and I believe God will do it right now. But we need to understand. We need to understand this one thing. Because sometimes we get a little humiliated. I don't want to pull up the pump with everybody else. I, I just kind of, I want to pull, I don't really, I don't, I'm embarrassed about pulling up to the pump. It humiliates me. I don't want to see all them other vehicles or maybe you got a nice ride and you don't want to be where nobody else is. Or maybe you got just a, a jalopy. And maybe that embarrasses you. Maybe that embarrasses you. Oh, I don't know what they say about. I don't know what they think about me if I pull up there. They make fun of my ride. That's sometimes how we think. But it's so funny because we have to swallow our pride and go. I want to get the kids to school tomorrow. I better just go ahead and just swallow my pride. Get on up there. Either hang with the low dogs or try to get up there with the big ones. I got to get gas. I got to have it. The only criteria most of us ever in this room think about really and truly is how cheap can we get it. And let me tell you something. This is free. This is free. Most of us don't care who we pull up next to if we're saving two cents. Let me tell you something. God, God purchased your gas a long time ago. You just need to get to the altar and get it. You can't worry about 
about what everybody else is driving or what they think about what you're driving. You got to say, I, you know what? I'm going to pull my jalopy or I'll pull up my nice Cadillac. I'm going down there and I'll stand beside that one that's got shoes untied. He's got B.O. And I say, fill me up, oh God. Because the Bible says, when he wrote to Othiathus, he said, and they were all filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Sadly, sadly, let me ask you this. This is going to be the greatest miracle we've ever seen in our church if you answer this right. How many, when you first purchased your vehicle, used, new, that you put one tank of gas in it and you hadn't put another tank since man I want I just want to see what kind of fuel you're using I mean you're getting like a million miles to the gallon the point is you got to go back you got you got to go back and see what I know I'm concerned with and I can see it I can see when I can look in people's lives I can stand here and I fellowship with you, mixing and mingling and watching you, seeing your lifestyles, your faithfulness in all aspects. And, and I look to you as a concerned shepherd. And I can see those that just got fooled. And I can see some that's hoping they can catch that next hill. Lord, if you'll just let me get over that next hill. And I'm thinking, God, help them out. Get them over the hill. And I hope that hill's just Saturday evening. You can make it till Sunday. And sometimes we try to stretch it out and go, oh, I got three more miles to gallon. I, I can go. I can go again. I can go a little bit more. I got 30 more miles. I'm doing pretty good. And the, and the point is, all of us are a little different. Some of you are getting 44 miles to the gallon. And some of you ain't getting about six. Some of you can't make it through Wednesday. And some of you, man, you must have been trucking right along. You get two or three weeks. But the point of the matter is, I don't care who you are, how solid you think you are, or how weak you think you are. Every one of us needs that altar. Every one of us has to get refueled. Every one of us is saying, God, I'm a little dry in my tank today. I need a new fresh touch. God, I've been distracted with turkey and dressing and gifts and, 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 and garland and all this. I need a fresh touch. Fill me up. Here's what we struggle with society right now. Here's what we're struggling with. We want to manufacture these fuel elements. You got the pump says says contains 10% ethanol. It'll run on. That kind of gums things up. And you got the biofuel. And you got, we want to create all of our own fuel. All of this other stuff. And we get tricked into thinking we got the real thing. Because we feel like we're going somewhere and doing something. And it's not pure. And it's not holy. And it's not scriptural. Because the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6 and 11. This is Paul writing to a church and saying. He's trying to tell them. You can't just put anything you want to in the tank. If you look at your tank when you open it up. It says. At least E85 only. Gasoline only. Trust me. I know this firsthand. I've told you the story. It's really a scar in my life. 
my dad, we were going, my, my papa had just died. Papa, he had just died. And so I was trying to take a little pressure off my dad. I said, Dad, I'll come get you your big diesel truck. I'll come get it and I'll fill it up. We got a long trip. I'll come fill it up. And uh, I'm so used to putting gas in my own vehicle. I just pulled it up to the pump. Put that gasoline on it. I was a little younger, if you'll allow me to say this. I was putting that gas in there, you know, like looking around. Hey. Pull the receipt. Go on about my business. You know. Just kind of stuck in the fact that, hey, you're worried about everything else. Just I was. I was just kind of like thinking about everything else in the world. And I was just stuck in automatic, automatic, automatic mode, just not realizing this thing don't take that. And we get in between here in Columbus and black smoke and shoving out that diesel truck. Dad's rocking and he's a jumping. And he calls me and said, son, I, I, something, my truck's going crazy. What you put in my tank? I said, oh. <laughs> you know, um. It don't run on gas, does it? Had to pull, he had to pull the truck over, call a wrecker. They had to overhaul the whole engine. What I'm trying to tell you is this. You cause a lot of damage when you try to put something in your tank that ain't supposed to be there. You better put the real stuff, the pure things of God in your tank. If you want to get off the face of this earth into that eternal land with him, you better put the right stuff in your tank. Verse 6, it says, Know ye not that unrighteousness shall not inherit the kingdom of God. In our society, it's, you can do anything. You can be any way you want to as long as you just know him. He's a merciful God. And he is a merciful God. He's quick to forgive. But we have to ask for forgiveness. We've, and forgiveness is not what you say. It's how you turn around and what you do. It's saying, God, I'm not going back to that. I'm not going to do that. Forgive me, God. Wash me. Cleanse me. Know you not that unrighteousness shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And in 1 Corinthians 6, 7 through 11 says, Be not deceived. Is it? I got the right scripture. Be not deceived. Neither fornicators. Maybe it may be 2 Corinthians. Did I say the Corinthians? It may be Galatians. Galatians, I believe it's chapter 5. Isn't it? Go down there and find out what I'm trying to talk about right now. Be not deceived. Man, somebody knows their Bible back there. I don't. Be not deceived. Neither This is stuff you can't put in your tank and think you'll get there. Neither fornicators. That's premarital sex. You don't know what that is. Nor idolaters. Stuff just don't need. You, you're putting things before God. And that's a broad term. You, anything can come before God in your life. Whatever gets you most excited might be you need to consider. That could be idolatry. Nor adulterers. You're married and you're sleeping with somebody else. And I, I asked somebody, someone told me, and I knew they were sleeping around. I, I knew they was. I'm talking about a pastoring. I'm just be real. And they go, I'm not sleeping with them. They didn't want to say they, they weren't having sex with them. They just said, I'm not sleeping. No, you're probably not sleeping. You probably do your business and then you leave. That's how they're trying to do That's how. Let me tell you something. It's more... 
you got to understand we can't have adultery in the church or the world. If you can't put that in your tank and think that you can get anointing and favor from God and think you're going to heaven with that, you got to say, God, forgive me. Get that junk out of my mind. Get that off the computer. Get that off my screen. Get that out from under my bed. Clean me. Neither infeminate. That's, that's men acting like little girls. Some up, sometimes I've seen I've seen guys need to gargle in rocks. You gotta grow up and be a man. Neither infeminate nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revelers. But God loves every He does love everybody, but just, just a few things you can't put in your tank nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. They don't get any, Alexa, you need this scripture. Tell me about this one, young lady. Come on, girl, speak it up, Amazon. And I love what he said. Such were some of you. Whoa, but, oh, he took my ride. That was filthy, and it was corroded, and he washed it up. Put a little armor all on me. And he said, but you are washed, you're sanctified, but you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus by the Spirit of God. By the Spirit of God. In other words, this is what Paul was telling the church. He said, you can't drive a clean car down dirty roads and expect it to stay clean. You can't go back down the road of filth, stay off the road of sin, stay on the highway to heaven. I'm closing with this. Matthew 7, 13 and 14 says, Enter ye, in the, enter ye at the straight gate. For wide is the gate... And broad is the way that leadeth to and many I, I'm not saying that this, this young man is all perfect. God knows I still got to have that altar and I got to ask God to cleanse us. And if any of us make it, praise God. Thank God I believe I'm going to make it. I got to make it. I'm rejoicing I'm going to. My name's there. So I'm not trying to tell you but you can't find anybody in this world and this society today that ain't going to heaven. Everybody's going. I, I go to certain funerals where preachers preach. They in heaven right now. How you know that? That scares me, man. You went up there and talked to them, said you was there. How do you know that? I just want to know. If you know something, I'm a preacher, man. I need to know that. I didn't get that training. How did you know that? I mean, they, I'm not saying they're not in heaven, but I don't know where they are. My job as a preacher, if I ever have to preach your funeral, I hope you've already done that. Make it easy on your family. Make it easy on yours. You, get, you better have the Holy Ghost. You better have a pure heart and a pure life. You better have a fresh altar. You just put, put your knees on before you died. Or you better, put, you better have a walk with God that when we get down here, we ain't worried about where you are. I don't have to say you in heaven or hell. I just comfort the family. And I tell everybody that's there, if you want to go where he possibly is, you better do what they did. 
I'm not here to put anybody anywhere. That's your job to put yourself. The Bible says work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. It doesn't matter where I say you are. It's a matter of what you do that's going to determine where you are. It's a matter of what you're going to put in your tank. When I get to this pulpit and your body's there, I'm going to say some nice things and I'm going to pull as much as I can that's going to be nice and comforting. But at the end of the day, it's my job to say, you better make yourself ready. You better have the Holy Ghost. I got to talk to those that's alive, that, doesn't, that still has a chance to get themselves right. I can't help you anymore. That's what I'm trying to do right now. Straight. He said, he said, he said, it leads to destruction. He said, broad is the way. Broad is the way. And he said, wide is the gate that leads to destruction. And many by the crowds. Because remember what Paul said, don't be deceived. And a lot of them are being deceived. They're just running through that wide gate. And they're thinking. The Bible says, it seemeth right to every man. He said, the way that it should take. Every way. Seems right. But at the end there is destruction. That's why you got to have a preacher in your life that will point to you and preach to you and tell you what you need to hear, not what you is on your Christmas wish list. And it drops it off and he leaves and you don't have any accountability. You don't have any conviction. Oh, God. He said, many be there which go there in at. They're at. But watch this. He said, because straight is the gate. And narrow is the way. Which leadeth unto life. And few be there that find it. Few. Few. If we are many in this room. Only few of us will make it. How about that for perspective? Just because you sit on a Pentecostal pew don't merit you to heaven. Just because you hear what I say doesn't mean you're a doer of what I say. The Bible says be a hearer and a doer also. Narrow. Narrow's the way. And when you're driving down this road and we're all, we're here today because we've got to go to heaven. That's why we're here. That's the number one reason why we're here. And while we're here on this earth, we're going to give God what is his. And that's worship and praise and a service unto him. This is what we should be doing. But while we're here, he's got an instruction for us and he wants to teach us. And he wants to point the way through the man of God through his word. And what we must do to be saved and to stay saved. You hear me? You heard me? And so what, I, what I'm trying to do, what happens is, what kills most people's in vehicle crashes in our day and time is distracted driving. And what a preacher is doing is riding shotgun. Hey, pay attention. Put that phone up. Hey, you can eat when you get there. Hey, you can talk to them when you let. Hey, get your eyes on the road. Why? If this was brawl getting to heaven, you got a little slack. You can kind of be comfortable. Come on, whoa, about right on the road, man. Get back over here. Oh, man. 
You can fool around, get a little distracted, kind of. But this road going to heaven ain't it ain't broad. That's why you need somebody next to you that'll bump you. Yeah. Uh, uh, hey, falling asleep on God. Hey, wake yourself up. You backslide. Where you been Sunday? What you been doing? What's going on in your life? Because you ain't got a you ain't got a whole lot of wiggle room to get this thing back on the road. You run this thing off in the ditch somewhere, but there's a lot of repair. There's a lot of work. There's a lot of hardship. There's a lot of transgression. There's so much you've got to recover from, and you've lost a lot of highway. And you lost a lot of gain. And now I've got to come visit you, and I've got to prepare you, and I've got to try to help heal you, and I've got to try to minister to you, and I've got to try to do whatever I can to get you back on the highway. That's why he said, narrow. So remember this, the old driving technique. Ten and two. Keep your hands on ten and two. Just like I told you about praise with the watch. Let me tell you, you'll stay focused. Nothing more matters. You get, we've got to stay from a distract from distractive driving. God, pre- preacher, get in my ear. Slap me, shake me, do whatever you can. Don't let me run off this thing. Don't let me get in a tailspin. Don't let me fall asleep on this. That's what I'm here for. If you stand. It's a great gift what God has given us. It's a good gift. I can't always be with you in that driver's seat. I'm here today with you. Pointed out some pretty strong things to us. What the Bible said. And, but I can't always be there. So, and God knew that. So he said, I'm going to send a comforter, the Holy Ghost. The Bible says, as you've well taught it today. It is the Holy Ghost, as scripture says, that will lead and will guide us. It will, the Holy Ghost will lead. So when you're in there, and you're driving, and you're spiritually, spiritually, and sometimes physically, when you're falling asleep, and you're backsliding and the world's trying to conquer you. The world's trying to get to you. The world's pulling on you. And you're all over the place. When you get the Holy Ghost, it doesn't keep those distractions from you. There's still always that pull and that fight and that. But what it does is go, hey, Naaman, wake up. Now he wants to fill you with his power, which is the good gift called the Holy Ghost. It's powerful. Can't imagine the power that it has inside of it. You know, when some of you, when you walked into the Pentecostal, this Pentecostal church, or any Pentecostal church that preaches this, we're all different. We all each churches have its personalities, but you go, I felt something. We all did. It's what attracted us to it. It's why we like it. We can't really explain it. 
But what that is, is the good gift. It's what Luke was trying to share with Theophilus. He was reaching with him. You need this. And he took him all the way back to the beginning of the birth of Jesus. And he took him all the way through the history of the church. And he said, if this don't convince you, I don't know what will. What I've preached today, if, if it doesn't convince you, I don't know what will. It's a good gift. And I know sometimes we hesitate. We go, what's this going to cost me if I open this up from the Lord? That's sometimes that we think. First of all, let me just kind of ease your mind and say, it doesn't cost you anything. There's just more to gain from that. Ooh. But that's why he said, taste and see that the Lord is good. gift of the Lord is not to be driven, it's not a toy, it's not an instrument, it's nothing really tangible it's something to be consumed and that's why when you receive the Holy Ghost when you get it inside of you that's when you begin to talk in a heavenly language, because it's not something we just put our hands to and walk away, it's something that gets inside of us and I'm so glad that God still gives that good gift out I wonder if everybody in this place would bow your heads, close your eyes as our altar workers would come and assist me today. Maybe you have more questions. Maybe I've just brought up more questions. Maybe I've answered a few for you. Regardless, today is for you. Maybe, maybe today you're just trying to get over the next hill and you're running low and you had not had a move of God in your own life in a long time. You've been ignoring all the signs. You ignored the gauges. You've ignored all of the all of the conviction, and God's been trying to shake you and trying to say, "Get back on fire for me." And maybe just last Sunday, maybe you just got so full of it. Maybe you just want to top off today. Just want to top off. You don't never know. You don't never know what tomorrow holds. Maybe you just need to top it off. You may have to jump in your vehicle and make a quick trip. Maybe just top off today. Wherever and whoever you are, all of us need a fresh trip to the altar. We have altar workers here. If you would like and you're seeking the Holy Ghost or a fresh renewal, they're going to pray with you. But if you just want to pray for yourself, and you want to repent and just get some things right, maybe you just want to freshen up with God and re recommit to Him, you can just find any place on these steps to pray. But regardless of who you are today, everybody's got to pull up to the pump. God, renew me. Wash me. Touch me. If you can't find a place on these steps, these, the front row of these pews, just find someone or some place to connect with. I open these altars right now for you. How do I get what you're talking about? Let me just take it back to simplest terms. First of all, you got to ask God to forgive you of all of your sins. God, forgive me. Wash me clean. I turn from my ways. God, I need you. I'm, ask your forgiveness. You know what I've done. I'm here to tell you I'm sorry. When you start doing that, you're going to feel something lift off your shoulders. And that's going to be God telling you, I forgive you. 
Then when God's forgiven you, you just start worshiping Him. Lord, I love you. Lord, I praise you. I need you in my life. I want what this man has been preaching about to me today. And in that moment, God will fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost.